Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In this podcast, I talk about Millsworth's win against Millwall. I talk about Johnny Housen and his performances of late. I have fan questions. I talk about Millsworth's game against Ipswich and tactics and the all-important score prediction. This is the Borough Breakdown I'm Johnny Bullock. Let's get right down to it. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Ravanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravanelli spots out. Welcome back to the Board Breakdown with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, firstly, a huge shout out to Gareth from Edge of the Sea blog and yesterday's Jam podcast um, for making the, the new intro for us. Um, I know Gareth's a listener of the podcast, so Gareth, thank you very much for creating the new intro. Um, if you're into indie music, um, yesterday's Jam podcast is great. It's obviously hosted by Gareth himself. Um, so do give it a listen um, and a search as well. If you want to find him, it is at the edge of the sea in his name, Tang's Gareth. Um, so Gareth, again, a big, huge thank you to that. So let's talk about Middlesbrough and move things on. Um, but what an amazing few weeks we've had. Um, you know, three out of three um, against playoff rivals with... And it's just not been about the, the results, of course, but what... You know, obviously the results have been great, but what has impressed me the most is it's been amazing to see the performances that we've had to go along with the victories. You know, it's all it's all about grinding out results in this league, but sometimes when you put in a very good performance, you just breathe confidence throughout, um, and it has that domino effect where one good performance can turn into a variety in many wins throughout the season. A lot of what of which Fulham have done this year and a lot of what Millwall did as well, that that one win can just set you on an amazing run in this league and maybe it's our time to hit that run. And you know we've been as well I've spoke about how inconsistent we've been throughout this season. We haven't really hit top form and we just haven't got going and in the last podcast with Yusuf we spoke about that 
that we we just haven't been as good as we should have been. And we Yusuf made a terrific point of Millwall have probably had a better season than Millwall Football Club have, and that's very much true. You know, we were very much tipped to to be the automatic promotion team, and it never really materialised. And we've been been inconsistent. We've lost a lot of games this year, but yet we we were still in. The playoff positions, it's confirmed now. It looks like we'll be playing Aston Villa um, with a home tie first and obviously we're at Villa Park in the second leg. So that's going to be something very much exciting for. It's very much something to look forward to um, rather. But you can see in the players that they have confidence now. You know, under that Gary Monk era, we were very inconsistent. Like I mentioned, we didn't have very much confidence. We just didn't look like a team that was together um, and not ready to go up at all um, and Tony Pulis came in and very much credit to him he's, he's took the players under the wings he's been quite ruthless in parts but of course selling Braithwaite on loan which is going to be a permanent deal which we all know will be um, he sent players out on loan and, it, and it's just he's done very very well to get Middlesbrough in a position that they're in and playing some good football and a lot's been said about Tony Pulis, and people say that, oh, well, it's hoof ball, it's very much Pulis ball, and, you know, you do get that, and you're going to see long balls, you're going to see the long throw-ins in the box, but I don't know about you, but the last game against Millwall, I was very much entertained um, in the style of football that we played, and it hasn't been bad to watch, if it really hasn't. You know, it took that few weeks, but it happens with every every manager. You know, you get that style difference where it takes it's a bit more of a transition period and we had that with Pulis um, but once the team's confident it, it's quite a joy to watch and it's very very much like that Karanka era in the championship where we were just winning games and we were relentless and it seems that the players are starting to get that confidence now and the fans are starting to enjoy that and actually for the first time this season we heard the the Mighty Borough were going up, um, channel, which I've probably it's already not the first time, but in terms of a lot of fans singing it, it, it kind of was. Um, so it was nice to, to see and hear that, but it's also nice that we're hitting format just at the right time, just before the playoffs, and hopefully we can really continue that, you know, playing against Aston Villa. But anyway... Let's talk about the performance at Millwall, uh, well, against Millwall at home, sorry. Um, and when we, well, if you listened to the last podcast, you would have heard, I said with Yusuf, I said 2-0 and some longer. Um, and I felt like Mystic Mac when it came off at full time, and I wish I'd put a bet on it, because I've been doing quite good this season at predicting scores, it's happening, and then... I just don't have any money on it, and I, just, I should really start doing it. But anyway, I thought the performance against Millwall was very, very professional. We were against a very much an average Millwall side, and I know a lot's been said about Millwall this season and how well they've done since January, but I thought they were bang average. I really did. I thought they just didn't have anything going for them going forward. They didn't move the ball well. They couldn't string a pass together. That first 20 minutes, we I don't think they got a kick. And we moved the ball really well. We were in control of the game, with and without the ball. And we deserved to be ahead at half-time. 
we very much deserve to be ahead and it deserves to be up 2 or 3 nil. Asan Belonga's goal is great. Yes, it's a long ball from Ayala. He gets lucky and he shots in the bottom corner and the keeper should do a lot better in that situation. But it was very much deserved that we were going to be ahead and there shouldn't be any complaints from, from the Millwall side of things. And going back to, to Millwall and being them being average, I don't think they had really had a shot goal besides a header. They didn't create anything and all that build up and that tension thinking, oh well, Millwall could actually pit us into the cha- into the to the playoff places just felt flat and they didn't bring anything to the game for me. Um but a lot should be well, Tony Pulis, sorry, should should get a lot of credit for what he he did in the terms of tactics in in that game. So if you weren't if you're watching the game and you're just obviously enjoying it or throwing stuff at the Millwall fans, um, you wouldn't have seen that the tactics that we played. So what we played with the high press and that second ball, which has been vital in that Tony Pulis style, it helps give you confidence um, on the pitch and being quite ruthless. You'll see Bezic find the tackle early on to let them know there. It's very much standard Tony Pulis. Second half, we were 1-0 up. I said to my friend Connor, who I was at the game with, I said, Connor, watch or watch Adama here in the second half. I feel like we're going to start pushing the wingers up a little bit further. And that's exactly what we did. And what Pulis did very well was he told Adama Traore just to stick up on that wing back so it forces the players to come back and it reduces that overlap and it stops them throwing bodies forward. So... When they were looking up with the centre midfielders, as the wing as the wingers were actually a bit higher up, there was no side ball. They had to go back. They were losing possession, and we just soaked the pressure of the game. And we beat them on the counter attack second half. And that's all we had to do. And the performance was was great. Housen got lucky on the goal, of course, but we should have really scored more goals and being quite ruthless in the performance. But speaking about Johnny Housen and. He's had a mixed season, some would say. Um, he hasn't been that goal-scoring midfielder that we apparently we brought him in to be. Um, but I think Housen's been, in my opinion, underrated throughout the season. Yes, he he had that that initial difficult stage when a new player comes to the club, and everyone has that. Everyone has that little that little blip when you're a new player in the squad. People say that Housen was rubbish start of the season, but wasn't pretty much half the team rubbish under Gary Monk. You know, wasn't was the team promotion well playoff favourites? They weren't. The the it, it's Housen is is very good midfield. He's a very very good midfielder. He does the simple things right, and it goes. And not many fans see that. And I think. When he gets the ball, he looks up straight away. He's he's always up. His posture is quite big. He's, he's his body's open up. He's looking for that pass. He's looking for that that run. He's looking for, to create something in midfield, and that's what we need. Him and Bezic are bouncing off each other at times, and it's great to see. You know, Clayton is is brilliant at you know defending that back four, and that's exactly what Clayton does. Clayton's a crab. He'll just pass and move. He'll break up the play, pass and move. Housen and Bezic are. Very very good at linking up that play with within that four three three system. Within a four three three system, it can be quite difficult sometimes, and we've seen it a lot last year where you can 
the pressure can be soaked up and you can find it quite difficult to supply the, the striker with chances at goal. Um, but Housen and Bezic have been doing very well that since they've both came at the team together. But Housen, he's improved every week, he's getting better and better. And I think he'll be a key player for Millsborough next season, regardless of what division we're in. I think even if we're in the Premier League, he's going to be that help. Well, he's going to have to, if he's in that team still, he's going to have to be that attacking outlet, which we need. Uh, but in the Championship, he's he's found his feet very much there, and he'll be a, a big, big player next season. But, you know, unless we change formation or, or anything like that, or he's not in the squad Saturday, he's been excellent, and I think he deserves a... A pat on the back for his performances in in recent weeks, but let's 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 move on and let's talk about Ipswich. And I've been quite excited to talk about Ipswich, funny enough. Um, but it really links into the fan question that we had this week from Clinical Adama, um, and he and he says, should Millsborough make changes um, on Saturday? For the for the likes of um, Harrison coming in for Traore, Ledbetter for Bezic, and it's a great question to ask because Millsborough now you know confirmed in the playoffs we probably won't move out of sixth. We won't sorry not sixth fifth. We probably won't move out of fifth. We won't go out of sixth, and it's kind of like a dead rubber. It's uh, it's a game when to see well, and potentially end the season on a high. You know the, the domestic side of things. Um. So there's there's two thing there's two ways to answer this question, um, Tyler. Uh, there's there's two ways we can we can answer this. If you're a footballer's perspective, you want to play every game. You don't want to sit on the bench. You want to get every minute you can and create something and keep building on the confidence that you have. And as a fan, I kind of thought, well, I'm in that footballer's perspective of side of, you know, we should kind of keep the same team. Yes, there's always a risk of injury, but isn't there a risk in every game? You know, there's always a risk of someone getting injured. Um, so I, I, would, I wouldn't I would personally change it. However, there's the alternate chance where you can play like a half-and-half half team. You can bring in the likes of Harrison. You can bring in the likes of Ledbitter. You can bring in the likes of... Uh, Baker um, and Dale Fry. You can bring a lot of people in um, and to fill the gap and to ensure every player is rested and, and raring to go against Aston Villa. But will Pulis do it or will he not? I personally, I think Pulis will make the odd one or, one or two changes just to keep players fresh. Or he, what he'll do is he'll make substitutions early on in the game just to ensure players who are still playing and getting the confidence from the matches and building on that, but also, and obviously don't let the bubble burst, but and also giving the, the fringe players a, a chance to shine for him and for the fans as well. Um, it's, 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 gonna be, it's an interesting game on Saturday, you know, um, and I'm very interested to see how both teams will set up. So I personally think we'll set up as normal, 4-3-3 formation, maybe the odd change, maybe Ledbetter will come in, maybe Dilfra will come in, uh, or Baker or Harrison, you know, who I'd actually like to see a lot more of because we just haven't seen him since he, he moved from New York City FC. Um, we'll set up in that formation and if you appeal this and you were 
doing that team talk, you would probably just say, well, same again. Play the same type of style, be relentless in midfield, get three points, make a statement, and actually show the league that you know what, we are playoff favourites to go up. But, you know, not Pulis, so depends what he's, he's going to say anyway. I think it probably just tell him to go and enjoy it. But anyway, let's talk about Ipswich. Let's see how Millsbrook can potentially break them down. Um, so Brian Clugg's obviously the, the new manager now. Will caretaker manager as Mick McCarthy's left. Um, and they've just been on the back of a, a 4-0 win against Reading away from home. And they've made this slight tweak in formation. And a part of me think, hopes to play this formation on... Saturday to see how Mills were caught up against it. And they played the 3-4-3 formation. Now you'll know from previous podcasts I'm a huge believer. A three at the back. I love watching. I think it just, just helps the team become more balanced. Um, but 3-4-3 against a 4-3-3 formation. It's, it's very interesting to watch. Because in midfield you have 2v3. So Millsbrook can technically overrun the midfield and play out wide to more of like an Adama or a Downing um, to essentially attack them down the wings and it's one kind of 1v1. Without the ball, it can be very, very difficult for Millsbrook to break them down. Um, just as you can have... Well, essentially what can happen with a 3-4-3 formation without the ball... Um, you can you can revert to a five four one with Muzzy Carriol and Selena moving back into the wingers position and playing more of like a a three well a five four one but with wing backs, um, which can essentially overpower the midfield and make things difficult for Traore to run into if they decide to play more of a defensive approach. If they're quite an attacking three four three, and they think you know we've got nothing to lose the last day of the season, we're not going down or anything which I hope they do, it can be a quite a, a problematic formation um, just from Middlesbrough's counter-attacking perspective. Um, but if Ipswich do have the ball, um, they'll, what they'll do is they'll, aim the long, they'll hit the long ball, they'll head it across to the wingers and they'll try and attack us on the right-hand side. And I can see them doing that quite a lot on, on Saturday with Muzzy Carriola against George Friend. And what they'll do is, with that, as it's uh, as Mills will have three in midfield, um, the two wingers, or well, say Spence and, and Carriol, what will happen is they'll try and do a 2v1 against George Friend, so that'll enforce Bezic to come out to the wing or whoever's, whoever's playing in midfield. So it leaves that gap for a 2v2 in midfield. Um, and Waghorn can come back in, or Falami or Selena, whoever, whoever's playing on the wing can essentially come in and, you know, uh, cause damage from that. So, what they'll do, like I mentioned, long ball, right hand side, try and spread the play, try and create that gap in the in the in the box, and they'll either head home or they'll shoot from distance, and that's how I could see them potentially scoring. But if they go go for it, you know, if if they're going all out and they want to put a show on for the fans, then it can. It can go either way, really, with three-four-three formation. You know, it's it can bring balance, but it does have its negativity. And when a team plays three up front, it, yes, it has a three v three, but it depends who you have on the wings. 
you know, if if last year if we had had Ramirez and Downing, you wouldn't be that bothered because they're relatively slow, and with Negredo as well, they're relatively slow, slow strikers and attacking players, so you can kind of just get away with it. But with the pace that Millsborough have now, with like the like Traore and like Britson Belonga, it can be very very difficult for them to to play that system. So they may revert to the four two three one. If needed, but I think Millsborough will do that with pace. I think they'll sit a little bit deeper than usual uh, within that first 10 15 minutes. As Ipswich won 4 0, they'll have confidence and they'll try and get the, the early goal. If Millsborough go past that, get past that stage and unscathed and they win those second balls and they actually, you know, they carry on the way they've been playing I can't see this being an issue for Middlesbrough I can, I can see us getting three points and bringing that that confidence into the playoffs against Aston Villa so to lead on my on my score prediction and to wrap this all up I'm going to go with a Mills, I'm going to go with Ipswich 1 because um, I can see them scoring um, I want to say Middlesbrough 3 I want to say Bamford uh, Bezic and I'm going to go with Daniel Ayala three different goal scorers 3-1 Millsborough 3 points in the playoff for wits so thank you very much for listening to the podcast um, today a lot shorter than the, the 2 hour podcast with Yusuf and if you haven't heard that I highly recommend you do it was a really good conversation we had and we spoke about a variety of topics um, from his part, from his past to, you know, his all-time Millsborough eleven to racism in football. Um, and Yusuf has obviously agreed to come on the podcast again. And um, we've also got a couple of people lined up to come on in the coming weeks um, as we're hitting the playoffs. So we're trying to get more guests on, and we know you enjoy it as well. So thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Um, like, share, subscribe, follow the page. Um, and up the borough. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work.